Hi, this is Eva. This is Macy. We're two friends. Best friends. Best friends who've known each other for over 20 years. And growing up, we were inseparable. But now we're living on two different coasts. So we decided to start a podcast to discuss what's going on in our lives and this crazy world. We want you to come catch up with us as we catch up with each other. Because we want to know, do y'all see this? Welcome back to Do Y'all See This Podcast. This is Eva. And this is Macy. Welcome, welcome. Ooh, it feels like this was a long two weeks, guys. Long, 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 long two weeks. But we're happy to be here. Happy to have you listening. And I just wanted to, this. I just want to go ahead and let you know, this episode is going to be dedicated to this month. You know, it's Women's History Month. So we want to set the mood a little bit first with our music. So the first thing I have is, you've probably been hearing a lot about Coco Jones. She is um, playing Hillary Banks on, I can't think of the show now. Oh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the new reboot. But she's also a phenomenal singer. So the song I wanted to bring you from her is called I See You. That's a beautiful song. And the next one is by Bella, B-E-L-L-A-H, and it is called Home. It gives like a very acoustic kind of feel, and I feel like, you know, a good centering is needed right now. So I hope that the women's mood is set sufficiently for us all. We're going to move right into our catch-up for this week. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It has just been, I feel like without a job, I have so much more to do. (laughs) I don't know how that's possible, but I have so much more to do. Like I told y'all, I was spring cleaning. I'm already getting into that. I got shelves in here, working it out. Um... And then, like my mom, I think I, yeah, you guys met my mom before. She's a minister, so she did her first uh, wedding. So congratulations, mommy. Congratulations, Lily. I cannot remember your husband's name. I am so sorry, but um, she is up in New York right now, and she is getting two people hitched. So while she's gone, I have her two dogs. So if you guys hear anything in the episode. It's not my fault. There's nothing I can do. They're just rambunctious sometimes. 
How about you, Ev? What's been going on with you? So I wish I could say I had something exciting happen in the last two weeks. I did not. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I we celebrated my daughter's seventeenth birthday yesterday. Yay! Yay! So she is she's getting up there. I'm like, how did this happen? But it was just it was a lot it's crazy. Yes. Yeah, so we just kind of hung out. Um, yeah. So I wish it was I had more exciting news. That is pretty much. <laughs> Well, we are excited that you're here. You How about that? That's exciting enough. Women's History Month, everyone. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. So heading into it, um, we we already told you that we've changed the format of the show a little bit. So what we're going to start here with is going to be um, anything that's social that's going on. And I, you know what? I originally did want to talk about the whole thing with Sierra and the Vanity Fair thing. Yeah which was crazy to me because no one was discussing how the other women were naked as well and how the theme was barely there. Mm -hmm. This was not just she popped out with some crazy outfit. This actually fit the environment of the room. So I found it very odd, um, especially since they started to try to come for the fact that she was married and then when there were other married women who did it as well, no one wanted to talk about anything. So get your gotcha on that. But I'm going to push through, unless you have something you want to say about that particular situation. I really just wanted to kind of agree with you. They really were coming for her her marriage and for Russell. They were like, how dare you yes. let her walk out the house like that? And I'm like, um, she's a grown woman. And she was, I mean, she's had body, adi, adi before Russell. Like... <laughs> Exactly. Why would all of a sudden now she needs to front down because she's married? That's not how it works. And she'd have had three kids. Why not? Why not? Have her celebrate it. Uh, so, <laughs> coming from uh, to trying to tell women what to do about their bodies mm-hmm. to actually finding solutions to help women with the things that happen with their bodies. I saw um, this thing on line about Spain actually setting up days off for a menstrual time. And I was like, I wonder what other countries are doing for um, women as well. Because as we know here in America, we are traveling back in time, baby. Um, And if they could take us from us, they would. (laughs) So to celebrate, me and Ev have discussed the, some of them and we're like hey why not let our audience know so i'm going to start off with spain women in spain now have the right to three days of menstrual leave a month with the option of extending it to five days if they experience painful periods so on i believe it was two thursdays ago spain became the first european country to entitle workers to paid menstrual leave. Man, mm-hmm. ain't that something? I love it, personally. I'm like, do it. Especially for, <laughs> for so many people, because it's not like, you know, some very small subset of the the, the population suffers. Exactly. We're just expected to suffer through and go to work and go through our day. And I, I love the idea that someone was like, you know what, let's, let's give them a little, let's give them a moment. <laughs> 
And it's not just three days. It's also they have their regular days off. Yes. It's not so this is in addition to. Mm-hmm. And so I love that they actually um someone actually decided to consider yes. the better half, which they love to call us once we get married, or the fairer sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, next up is Japan. Japan introduced menstrual leave in the labor law in 1947. So they've been doing this for a while. Um, Under Article 68 in their law, it mandates that employers cannot ask women who experience difficult periods to work on those days. So if you have, you know, a hard time during your time, they cannot ask you to come to work. They cannot ask you to come in and and do your data entry or do your teaching or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're doing. You know what Which I, I think is great about it is that they really do give you the assumption that you want to work, that you care to work, that you're going to work hard. And so if you tell us that, you know what, these days are too much for me, then we believe you. You said it and we believe mm-hmm. you. So next up is Indonesia which is another Asian country that became an early adoptee of the menstrual leave policy. Their policy, which was introduced in 1948, which was right behind Japan, and restructured in 2003. Now, I want you to hear that. They made a plan back then, then saw some things that needed to be changed and restructured it. And it says that female workers experiencing menstrual pain are not obligated to work on the first two days of their cycle. If you are a woman and have ever had your cycle, you understand the importance of those first two days. If you are a man, if you are a person who has been around a woman for those first two days, you understand the importance. And the fact that I wish I went, I wish I had looked into what the policy was before they restructured it just to see what they changed. Um, so look for that on a further, on a, Another episode, maybe I'll come back with an update. I love it. The first two days? No, no. I love it. I love it. So the next up is South Korea, which um, has included Article 73 of their labor law, which provides for monthly physiologic leave, um, which female workers can get a day's leave Man. every month. Now, this one sounds like, um, you did say physiologic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely more catered to, yeah. I need to go. <laughs> I want to go. I cannot be here another moment. <laughs> and then you just say, today's the day. Today's the day, guys. I'm sorry. I can't do it. You'll have to do it without me. Mm, there it is. Now, Article 14 of Taiwan's gender equality and employment law grants female employees the right to request a day off every month for period leave at half their regular wage. However, If more than three such leaves are taken in a year, the additional days are counted towards sick leave. Now, the great thing about that one is all the other ones, I believe, are unpaid. All the other ones that we have discussed are unpaid. Is that right, Ev? It does sound like it. I don't see anything. But with that being said, I don't know what the leave policies are in the countries. Like, they may have, like, we do a leave bank, and they'll say, this is my menstrual leave, but I want to use my, you know, my, my bank for it. Right, right. Um, But this one just stands out to me that if it goes past the day given, you now get that day back and it goes towards your sick leave. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Why are all these other countries so much better than us with women's health? Look, I mean. I thought we were the greatest, guys. 
Probably were the greatest. The greatest. <laughs> so going into Vietnam is the next one up. And they're another country that factors in menstruation days for female workers. Their labor law stipulates an extra 30-minute break for women every day of their period cycle. Oh. And then in a 2020 reform, so in a very recent reform, that menstrual leave was uh, supplemented with three days a month. Now, those three days, if they don't take those three days, let's say they power through, they're like, I'm just going to keep it. They can. They actually have to get paid extra. Imagine getting paid for dealing. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, okay, so the last one um, is going to be in Africa. Zambia introduced the concept of a Mother's Day in which a female is entitled to one day leave every month without giving a reason or requiring a medical certificate. So a because I said so day. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all got to be so forward thinking in these other countries and just leaving us behind? Oh. Oh. But that is, oh, you know what I would love right now for you guys, if you have any, and I'm going to say it at the end of the episode as well, but if you have any other countries that you know of that have some type of uh, female rights or request off days that they allow, let us know so that we can update it in a future episode. I would love to hear more about other countries and ours. I would love to hear if ours could get on the ball with that. Yeah, that would be but awesome. hey, <laughs> moving on to the second half of our show, we actually wanted to dedicate that more to women making history. So when we come back, that's what we're going to get into. Y'all tell me that everybody don't say y'all. Y'all tell me that everybody don't say y'all. All right, we are back. And as I stated before, we're going to be getting into some women who are making history. All right. So we are going to be talking about two women. And I'm going to start with um, Layla Foley Davis who in 1973 made history when she became the first black woman elected mayor in the United States. So that was actually a banner year for black women becoming mayors because Doris A. Davis of Compton, California became uh, the first black woman mayor of a major metropolitan city that same year. So we're focused on Layla Fuller Davis who made history. So she actually became mayor of a town called Taft in Oklahoma She was a divorced mom of five who had actually ran for a school board post and hadn't won, but she got enough votes to get the mayor's seat in that same town. (laughs) She ended up holding onto that seat for quite a few years. She lost it in the eighties, but then she re-ran and re-won in 2000 where she was re-elected to the- I didn't even know you could do that. Me either. I was like, wow. So, so 20 year difference and she, you know, re-won the seat. I was like, get it, Miss Foley Davis. <laughs> right. She also did made a bid for the Oklahoma House of Representatives, but was unsuccessful there. Um, she is still, uh, according to recent writing, still living in Taft. Um, uh-huh. So, I mean, still being the local celebrity. I just love that. The idea that, you know, a highway was named after her in town, that she, wow. yeah, that she was like, I'm going to be on the school board fighting for her kids. And that didn't work out. So she was like, you know what? Let me be mayor. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me get it done. Yes. <laughs> Which I love. love yes. So my second uh, my second 
woman of history or women's history is Bree Newsom, who is also known as Bree uh-huh. Newsom Bass now. And a lot of you might know her name because she became famous in 2015 after she scaled the oh was it South Carolina? Yeah, you know. So after she scaled the South Carolina Capitol grounds flagpole and took down the Confederate flag that was flying there. Yeah, I remember her. I remember when this happened. And I think that's another thing we should definitely make sure we are focused on is that sometimes history happens while we're watching the news. I remember when this happened. Um, And I remember that image of her snatching that flag out from there. and, And yes, I loved it. So she was 30 years old when that happened mm-hmm. in 2015. She scaled a 30-foot pole to remove that Confederate flag from the South Carolina State House grounds. Um, just, I mean, she was a musician and activist. She was actually with a small group of others, which mm-hmm. I did not know. I didn't know that. And she was actually picked to scale the the pole because she, they thought it would be the most impactful. Really? Image. So it was actually thought through. Yeah. Oh, I love that. They were like, you imagine um, thinking of, you know, thinking forward that young girls, young women, young activists are going to see this image of her and that's going to be the one, that's gonna, what they wanted. And she said that she had actually never done this. Really? Before. She got a, <laughs> that's the face I made when I heard that. I was like, I'm sorry, what? She said she got an impromptu tutorial down on the ground and then she scaled a 30 foot pole, ma'am, like. That's what I'm saying. So there actually was an interview with her and she talked about why she did this or why they as a group decided to do this. And she says, um, we made our decision because for us, this is not simply about a flag, but rather it is about abolishing the spirit of hatred and oppression in all its forms. I removed the flag, not only in defiance of those who enslaved my ancestors in the Southern United States, but also in defiance of the oppression that continues against black people globally in 2015. I did it in solidarity with the South African students who toppled the statue of the white supremacist Cecil Rhodes. I did it for all the fierce black women on the front lines of the movement and for all the little black girls who are watching us. Wow. I did it because I am free. I said, ma'am. That is wild. Yes. And she was absolutely arrested with yes. her partners. <laughs> absolutely was. <laughs> absolutely arrested. Um, with that being said, there was a whole free Brie movement all over social media after it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, because of her actions and because of the backlash, that the flag came down. The yep. flag is no longer. And so flag. did many other statues. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so did a lot of other. A lot of other. A lot of other governments had to take down that flag as well. Which I'm like, go, let's do it. So I just thought oh. that was really great to see, and just the image of her, you know, snatching that flag down. And hearing a little bit more of that story was really nice, too. Yes. I had no idea that there was, um, it was so multi-layered. I mean, I, I guess I saw it as that moment, and I, I definitely saw where it led to, but I never knew how much was behind it, you know? Yes. That's that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it's like to, to be part of making history and mm-hmm. to know that you're on the right side of it. Like, there's a lot of people... Um, that we see in these old pictures and stuff. And I shouldn't even say old pictures because the fact that they're in black and white, they really play with our mindset on thinking that it was a long time ago and it wasn't. But when we see these older pictures, we um, we completely forget, like, um, with the little, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. 
the young the the little girl who was going into elementary school ruby bridges thank you i could remember ruby but i couldn't remember the last name thank you okay so when we see that that those pictures we see the vitriol you can physically feel it coming from the people who are on the side of her as she's walking no one ever is like where these people at y'all forget these people grew up these people they were some of them were teenagers some of them were adults but these people all grew up and got into certain places and found their, you know, niche of how they want to set up and affect life for others. And we never really go back and be like, you know, you was on the wrong side of history that day. You know, you really did something, you know, negative here. And just to know in that moment, she knew they were on the right side so much so that they were like, let's make sure to set the picture right. So that when this is shown later, mm-hmm. it can also be amplified as for women, black women. You know, like it was just like so much more profound than just, hey, I hate this symbol here and I'm going to go get it. It was actually thought through. And I mean, yes, even if it was just a, a moment of impulse, that still would have been a a brave thing to do. But can you imagine someone telling you you're about to scale this statue and you say, <laughs> can you show me how? And then going doing it right then. Like not, <laughs> no, no. But um, Ev, I feel like you brought some, those were two excellent women that you brought before us. And I just, I really appreciate um, the research that you did there. It was, you chose, you chose two really good ones. Thank you. I'm not to say you wouldn't, but you're not. It's what I do. <laughs> it, it is, it is. So we would love for you to share with us any other women that you felt inspired you during Women's History Month by using our hashtag DYSTM at GalPod on Twitter. Or you can let us know um, about any of the other women's rights that have been enacted in other countries by going to our Facebook at Do Y'all See This. We'll be posting some of the women that we're talking about here today on our Instagram at Do Y'all See This Pod, all one word, no spaces. Don't forget, we're not using the YouTube right now, so all of your bestie content is going to be right here with us on Anchor. If you have suggestions for future moments, questions, or just want to give us great feedback, Reach out to us at do y'all see this pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen. All five stars. Thanks in advance. And thanks for listening to us. And we'll catch up with you next time. Bye. Bye.